Hello and welcome to the 32nd episode of iPhone Life Podcast. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life Magazine. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, senior web editor of iPhoneLife.com. And we don't have a third person. So everybody in our office is sick today. We have four people out and Donna is in Costa Rica, which is great for her, but annoying for us. Um, So Sarah and I are going to hold down the fort today, but we've got a great show for you. We're going to talk about... Which is longer than 30 seconds, which is what I thought I heard you say when you said it was the 32nd episode. (laughs) Sarah was sitting here giggling and I was trying to keep a straight face and I didn't know why. (laughs) Now you know. Which happens a lot. Usually it's because I said something stupid. (laughs) The main problem with not having a third person here is I feel like we don't have anybody to laugh at our jokes. I know, right? Like how can we be funny if no one is here to laugh? It's it's really not good, Uh, but we'll persevere. Uh, today we're going to talk about battery saving tips. So it's a problem that everybody has. They've always had it with the iPhone. And even though iPhones have advanced in a lot of ways, people seem to still always have problems. So we're going to talk about ways to, uh, improve the battery life of your phone. And we're going to talk about iPhone seven rumors, uh, Apple news, all sorts of fun things. Yep. Apple News and all sorts of fun things. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to give it all away. Um, So let's get started. Uh, Let's start with our tip of the day. If you haven't signed up for a tip of the day, make sure you do so. It's free and every day we'll email you some cool thing that you didn't know you could do with your iPhone. Uh, So go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip to subscribe. And Sarah, what was your favorite tip from this week? My favorite tip, probably not a surprise, is a Siri tip because I love Siri. And this one is you can use Siri to check your schedule. You don't have to like open your calendar app or, you know, Mm. even open notifications. You can just say, hey, Siri, or activate Siri by holding the home button and say, what's my schedule today? And then Siri will show you or even read them to you. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I never do that. I do that. I like, that's one of the things I like with my Apple Watch, though. I have it as a glance where I have my calendar, and if you tap on that, you can see at a glance what's going on. I have so few appointments that I never use my calendar Mm, app. I have have a lot. But do you find that, uh, one thing that annoys me is I, I somehow seem to have gotten all sorts of random things added to my calendar, like Facebook birthdays and stuff, and so it's like if you ask Siri what my schedule's for the day, it'll be like, you have a birthday all day from some person on Facebook you don't really know very well. I think you can turn that off. I know, but it keeps coming back, and I don't know why. That's I, a, that's I, don't, a, I don't know either. I'm the iPhone expert, and I don't know. It's a bonus complaint for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look into it for you, David. Thank you. Um, next up, we have our insider question. So if you haven't heard of iPhone Life Insider, it's our premium subscription. Uh, you, every day, we'll email you a video tip, so you get a cool video teaching you how to do something step-by-step, how to save time. In addition to that, you have in-depth video guides. We're just getting ready to come out with our privacy guide, which is awesome. I've been watching them all week. It's really cool. Uh, I'm actually excited to watch it too. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the funny thing is we all sit here and follow along all the tips and and the guides as other people in the office are making them. In addition to that, you get to uh, get a digital subscription to the magazine. And you get to ask Sarah questions about iPhones and iPads, preferably. So, Sarah, what was your favorite question from this week? Oh, wait, hold on. Don't answer. Go to iPhoneLife.com insider to subscribe. All right, Sarah, what was your favorite question from this week? 
Um, this one, uh, a reader asked, my ask Siri option is grayed out. How do I access it? Now, this was a hard question to answer because <laughs> that ask Siri option could mean a lot of things. He could be talking about the Siri settings. He could be talking about, yeah, just a lot of things. So, uh, and he did not reply to my request for a screenshot of this grayed out <laughs> ask Siri option. But um, there are a few things you can try. First, uh, you should check your settings, your Wi-Fi settings, make sure Wi-Fi is on and, and also check and make sure you have cellular service because Siri won't work if you can't access the internet. Um, and so then the next thing you should do is you should also check and make sure Siri is actually on. So you can, you can find that in settings under the general settings. Um, and then if all of these settings are as they should be, you should try turning off and restarting your phone because sometimes your phone just glitches and turning your phone off every once in a while, it does amazing things. Please, people, before emailing Sarah, do her and yourself a favor and turn off your phone and turn it back on and then email her if the problem's still there because you'd be surprised how many problems are solved just by that simple thing. Don't listen to David. I love hearing all of your problems, <laughs> even if the solution does end up being turn your phone on and off because it's always good to know what you can solve by turning your phone on it's and off. True. It's true. It's kind of like a doctor. And I, I've heard this from, I, I've come from a family of doctors and they always say, it's a good day when you have a broken arm because you know exactly how to fix it. So when, <laughs> when you can uh, fix, when you can solve it by just telling people to turn off their phone, I would imagine that's a lot easier than a vague, my series grayed out question. <laughs> yes, but there is one uh, other possible reason because he was so nonspecific about what this Ask Siri mm -hmm. option is. When you're texting and you have the option to dictate text or s dictate an audio message, if you're texting someone who doesn't have an iPhone, who doesn't have iMessages set up, then you won't be able to use that option. You can only send audio messages over iMessages. Mm. So that's another reason one of those audio features on your phone wouldn't be working. Do you ever send audio messages? I know, but someone do. sent me a butt audio message the other day. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, that that's like, takes a lot of work. That's like a lot of buttons to be pushing with one's butt. I think I have sent audio messages when I wanted to torture my daughter by singing her a song. Mm. But really, I don't know why it would be a useful feature in general. I mean, it seems like in, in, it actually probably is faster than typing a lot of times, especially if you have some kind of long sentence to explain. But I never do it. The thing is, when I dictate, for instance, if I dictate a text, I always dictate the punctuation. And mm. so I never send it as an audio message, like because you have that option on your Apple Watch, but I never use it. That's another thing I need to start doing more is replying to text messages from my Apple Watch by dictating. I always oh, take up take up my phone and do it there, but it's actually, I think, quicker to do it on your Apple Watch. Yeah, it really is. But, you know, as long as the dictation is accurate. Yeah, which is, isn't always, but I think it's accurate enough to make it worth doing. I find it definitely is, especially if you're in the middle of doing something else and you don't want to stop completely. Mm-hmm. All right, should we get into news? Yes, let's All do it. All right, so... First news, according to Sarah, I have this on my notes, Apple hates you. Why does Apple hate us, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> well, the full thing I typed was Apple hates you and deletes your music. It's actually a very small group of people are reporting that um, iTunes is deleting their personal music files mm. um, or their, um, because of the way they will sometimes... 
they'll replace your personal music files with like what they think is a match from the sort of music database that Apple has, but it's not necessarily a match. And so people are finding that their personal music collections are sort of being ravaged by Ooh. by iTunes, which is which is one more reason to hate iTunes. But fortunately, it does seem to be just limited to a small number of people. And Apple finally admitted that there was a problem and is fixing it. Well, good that they're fixing it. Finally, Can I just yeah. say iTunes is just a disaster? It's just the it's worst. It's been a disaster for the longest time. And they always kind of sort of say they're fixing it. But really, they're adding more and more features onto an already really bloated software. And it's mm. really kind of a disaster. They yeah. actually went and fixed, in my opinion, iPhoto with the new Photos app. And I feel like it's time to just like throw away iTunes and start over. <laughs> yeah, really. It's I actually have met one person who likes iTunes, but that's out of like every other person I've ever met. Yeah, it sucks. And by the way, that person is Noah Simpson, our COO. <laughs> he would. I know, Such right? A Noah. Yeah. Um, you know what happened to me? It's similarly in the Apple Music department where I paid for um, iTunes Music Match, mm -hmm. which I actually loved because I didn't have to then sync all of my devices with my computer anymore and my music would show up on all my devices. Um, Sounds nice. It was very nice. Then I started using Spotify and I decided I didn't want to pay for both subscriptions. Uh, and so I stopped paying for iTunes Music Match and then all of my own music that was on my phone just disappeared. Right. Uh, and like I could have gone and downloaded it ahead of time if I were intelligent, <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, and what really sucks is it's kind of what you're talking about. I had like all these mixes on there from like years and years of using iTunes that like I can't get on Spotify because they're just playlists and mixes. Right. And now I have to like pay iTunes Match just to get them back. That really sucks. It's a good idea in general, especially when you're dealing with a buggy and complicated and stupid software like itunes to just have backups somewhere yeah yeah so the the moral of the story for you guys out there is if you're if you're using itunes share is that, oh no itunes music match is what it's called if you're using itunes music match is it music match or just match i don't know i think it's music match okay if you're using itunes music match and i do recommend it if if you're using iTunes still to store a lot of music that you had prior to using Apple Music. I do like iTunes Music Match. It's 49 bucks a year, which is kind of expensive, but not crazy. Uh, and what it lets you do, like I said, is it lets you, it's, it automatically syncs your music with all your devices. And if you've loaded kind of low quality music into there, it'll automatically match with their library and load higher quality versions of it. So it's a nice functionality, but if you're using it and then you decide not to use it, make sure you download the music you care about onto all your devices so that you don't lose it. And I, I think it's not lost. I think that if I went and paid, I could get it back, but that's not a good feeling to have Apple trying to charge me to get my own playlist back. No, that's really lame. All right, next order of business, Apple invests in Didi. So what is, is it called Didi, first of all? I don't know how to pronounce that. I, I'm just going to assume that's how it's pronounced, but it's basically, isn't it like an Uber, sort of like the Chinese version of Uber? It's mm -hmm. like a ride that, That's what app. I think of it as. Yeah. So, yeah, so they invested a billion dollars in this Chinese company, which actually after Apple Beats, uh, well, Beats Music, that they invested $3 billion in, that's like the biggest... By 
far. Yeah. I mean, because when they when they purchased, and first of all, they purchased Beats by Dre, not invested. Right. I never heard of them investing in a product like this. Maybe they have, but the next to that, I think the next largest per acquisition they'd ever made was like a hundred million dollars or something. So this is a huge, huge amount of money for Apple to invest in another company. Right. So why do you? What do you think their reasoning is? What? Uh, what's their motivation there? All right. Well, I, I have two theories. I've been thinking about this a lot because it's such an unusual thing for Apple to do. I mean, first of all, Apple has, this is not one of my theories. This is a pre-theory point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just to make that clear. Apple has a huge amount of cash on hand, like something like $250 billion just right. in cash burning a hole in its pocket. Um, when Apple was growing crazy amounts, investors were very forgiving of that fact. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Everybody likes the fact that Apple has a lot of money, but investors really want to see Apple using that money to further their growth and not just sitting on it, right? Right. And if Apple's going to sit on it, well, then investors want that money back in the form of dividends. <laughs> so Makes sense. Now that Apple had a bad quarter and they are, don't seem to be growing as quickly in some areas, I think they're feeling a lot of pressure from investors to use that money to further growth. Um, so I think that's the first point. Uh, my theory as to why they used it in this area, number one, we talked about this in the last podcast, Apple's iPhone growth had been slowing for a little while now. Mm -hmm. um, that was masked last year by really high growth in China. Right. Um, in terms of iPhone sales. Now, this year, the decline in growth for Apple's iPhones, which makes up like 63% of revenue or something, uh, was in a large part a decline in China. Right. So yeah, Tim Cook, when he made this investment, you know, it was interesting when you read his comments because he was like, he was kind of like, yeah, 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 we hope to make our money back from this investment. Also, we're going to learn about China. It was like that seemed to be yeah, the main thing. They've been having some rough times. Like, have, haven't they been having problems with like their, uh, some of their streaming services in China? Uh -huh. iTunes and iBooks had both been shut down in China. Right, so maybe this is a gesture of goodwill and also a way of like just becoming more invested in this country and, like you said, learning about China. Yeah, part of me wonders if there's more going on than we know. If there's more advantages to having such a large equity stake, and I don't, I don't know if they said if they got equity in return for this. I'm assuming they did. Uh, if there's an advantage to getting such a large equity stake in a company that is actually a Chinese-based company as opposed to a foreign company. Seems like there would be. And Yeah, it seems like there would be. And I almost wonder if they're going to actually try to push out more services from through this company and whether there's advantages there. Could be. Do you think there's any relation to the all the Apple Car rumors? Well, that's theory number two. No spoilers. <laughs> that's you okay. discuss your theories with me ahead of time. <laughs> I wanted it to be a surprise. Um, yeah, that's my theory number two. Is where everybody sees the industry going with companies like Uber is eventually. I don't think you're going to need drivers for Uber. I think you're going to have self-driving cars that come pick you up and take you where you want to go, and there's nobody even in the car. I mean, that would solve the background check issues that Uber is 
feeling all bummed about in Austin, Texas, and other places. Yeah, for starters, it would solve that, but also it would, you know, it would save the largest expense of the whole thing, which is paying people to drive. It's kind of disappointing for the drivers, though. Yeah, I know. I actually had a whole conversation with an Uber driver about it when I was in D.C. Uh, side, side comment. Um, so part of me wonders whether Apple is planning that, whether this is kind of an investment towards that, and they're going to somehow tie this into the Apple cars, eventually with self-driving cars, but even before that, whether this company is going to start somehow only uh, using Apple cars or something like that. Or even if it's just some sort of like self-driving car ride-hailing sort of software that Apple is developing, sort of expanding on CarPlay, but mm -hmm. yeah. that'd be cool. Yeah. Or I, also I wonder whether Apple's going to use their, so their back-end software and use that for outside of China. So maybe have like an Apple car service outside of China. I don't know. It could be. It's a crazy move. A billion dollars into a company so in random. China. Is, it just seems so random and so crazy. But they're so conservative with their cash, and they don't do random crazy things. Yeah, there's obviously like what they consider to be a very good reason. It just obviously is going to take a while to become apparent to the rest of us. And they haven't really explained it. So it, I'm really interested to see what happened. Uh, it, just like, I mean, I still not don't think we totally have seen exactly why Apple bought... Um, Beats by Dre. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, first, they definitely used Beats Music for the, uh, you know, as the back end for Apple Music. Which has been a great success, hasn't it? Which has been a great success, but uh, three billion... I was being sarcastic. Oh, really? <laughs> I have 13 million subscribers. They're growing. Yeah, they are. But, you know, the the, the platform itself is still kind of annoying to It's a little buggy, yeah. But they yeah. are going to revamp it this summer, according to the rumors. Yeah, and Spotify has 100 million subscribers. So to put that in comparison, right? paid subscribers. Um, so Is it really 100 million I think now? I read that, yeah. It's a mm. lot. It's I, because I just it's so much better. That. Yeah, please do. I'm probably wrong. But <laughs> Spotify is so much better. Um, but $3 billion is a lot to pay for that back-end service, especially when Apple has so many engineers on staff. So I'm curious to see whether they start with their new iPhone 7, and we can get into those rumors as a nice transition, whether somehow they integrate some more Beats by Dre headphones into that process. Because I haven't heard the best things about Beats. I'll, I'll say I have not tried them, but I haven't heard the best things about their headphones. No, they're not particularly good. They're not terrible, but for high-end headphones and for the price that they charge, they're okay, 30 worse. million subscribers for Spotify. Shoot, that must be paid. There must be 100 million total, including non-paid. Right, that is, uh, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it is 30 million paid subscribers. Okay. I was hoping you wouldn't be able to fact check me live on air. Good work on that. <laughs> I can't help it. I have to fact check things. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about uh, iPhone 7 images. So there was a leak in, in iPhone 7 well, images? Well, it's not clear that these are actually, like, they're being, they appeared on um, Weibo. Is that how you say the Chinese? I, I don't Internet even know. Yeah. So, yeah, so these images of what looks like, the body of an iPhone 7 have appeared on the internet, um, but it's not really sure that they really are. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we have a, an article coming up today that has leaked in quotes because you can't be sure. We don't know. I, right. 
Okay, I will say Apple has done a terrible job keeping their products under wraps. And generally, when we see leaked images in the past, they turn out to be actual iPhones. Right. Um, so it's entirely possible. It also looked an awful like, lot like an iPhone 6S. Like, it looked like somebody could have just Photoshopped an iPhone 6S and called it a leak. You know what I mean? That's entirely possible, I mean, because you get a lot of hits for these things, mm-hmm. you know? So, but if it is, then it looks like, um, you know, they've changed the, uh, help me out here, David, the antenna lines. Yeah, but and, that's like it. It's and like there it. might be room for an additional rear camera. But I didn't see a rear camera in the image. Like, I saw one rear camera, not two, right? Right. Um, so we'll post these images so you can check them out for yourself. Go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, and we always do a post with all of the things we discuss in our podcast. Um, but uh, I hope that these leaks are wrong, not only because I like to be excited and see new products when Apple announces them, but also this seemed like a very, very similar form factor right. to the 6 and well, success. The rumors I've been hearing are that there's not going to be a big difference, that that they're going to wait till the 7S to change things up a lot, which is very different from how Apple has done things in the past. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I mean, one of the things to Apple's credit that they do a good job on is waiting for the technology. Like, Apple is not going to rush out of a phone that isn't, like, they're not going to tr- make major changes just for the sake of make, making major changes. They're going to wait until the technology's there, and it might be that the technology's a year away. Or it might be that we see big changes that aren't apparent from the body, from yeah. the form factor. Maybe it will be waterproof, finally. Maybe it we'll be able be to do wireless charging. Uh, one of our bloggers, Todd Bernard, did a really great article basically saying, here are the actual features that people will actually upgrade for, you know, mm-hmm. and those were two of them. And and I think he had a good point about both of those. Yeah, waterproof. It, I mean, and there's been several Android devices out for a long time now that have been, I mean, waterproof is not the right term. They're water resistant. But right. come on, Apple. Like, that's, that's one of the biggest ways people ruin their phones. And the technology's there. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, these are such expensive little gadgets. And, you know, they're with us all the time. And so they're so vulnerable. And they should really be water resistant. Yeah. Now, any other rumors? What's the latest on the headphone situation? Headphone Um, gate. Those rumors are still going strong that they're going to eliminate the headphone jack and just have a lightning cable. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, if they did wireless charging as an option, that would be a lot better. Yeah, there you go. Um, Yeah, I guess because that's one of the concerns is then you can't charge your phone while listening to music. Right, unless you had, like, Bluetooth headphones, which I really like Bluetooth headphones, but it is kind of a pain to charge your headphones every once in a while. It's like one more device to charge. Yeah, it definitely is. And even with my Bluetooth headphones... They usually come with a auxiliary cable so that you can listen to it when it's when when you want to right. without using the Bluetoothness, which is Bluetooth-ness? definitely a technical term. Look it up. Fact check me. <laughs> it's a real word for sure, David. Um, in your I'm head, I'm going to go on record and be and say I'm on support. I'm supporting Apple in the in the getting rid of the um, whatever you call it, headphone jack. I feel like the headphone manufacturers will will change, and I guarantee you Apple will come out with a little adapter that has a, a lightning to headphone jack adapter, and I think people will move on with their lives and have thinner phones and be happier for it. 
Yeah, I really do like the idea of wireless headphones because having to be attached to your phone all the time is such a pain. All right, let's move on to our complaints slash things we learned this week. Sarah? I'm having a, an issue with reminders, um, and it's happened ever since I got my new Apple Watch, and there was a an OS update, I think, while I didn't have my Apple Watch, and I think there's a bug because this reminder keeps coming back and coming back and coming back, even though I... Um, will, you know, mark it as completed. Uh Um, And even though I actually went ahead and deleted the reminder from my phone, there's no reminder app for your Apple Watch. And it still comes back. And at this point, what's happening is it freezes my entire phone. The reminder goes off at 345 and that's it for my phone. I have to like shut my Apple Watch, turn my Apple Watch on and off and turn my phone off and on. And it's... Have you upgraded to 9.3.2? I just updated both my phone and my watch last night, so, so we'll see. Forty-five today. We'll have we'll an update checking. for you. Yeah, but that's just so not cool. That that's uh, I hate when Apple has those bugs. That's a bad one. If it yeah, I mean I'm, I'm really hoping that the update will have fixed this because otherwise the next step, of course, is to unpair my Apple Watch and repair it with my iPhone, and that's such a pain. Ain't nobody got time for that. Exactly. <laughs> I barely had time to update my stuff yeah. last night. <laughs> what is, by the way, that we forgot to put that in the news? Nine point three point two. Uh, what what's the deal with that? Anything significant? Uh, not really. Just like bug fixes, security updates. Okay. I mean, we'll probably have to, maybe they're saving all the big news for WWDC in a few weeks. Yeah, no, I'd be very shocked if they put big things in this update. Cause like you said, WWDC is coming so soon that they, they're they really working like on They really like to be like, we're doing this amazing thing yeah. and 20 minutes from now you can update your phone. And then everyone's phone doesn't update because everyone's trying to do it at once. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm just reading it now. Yeah, really nothing important in 9.3.2. Uh, fixes issues with Bluetooth accessories, could be experiencing audio quality issues when paired to the iPhone SE. Like, these are really small things here, people. They didn't even bother to give details on the Apple Watch update. Really? hmm All right. My complaint this week, I think I've complained about it before. So I am... I have purchased iCloud storage from Apple for my backup, so I have 20 gigabytes of storage, and I'm at like 19.5 gigabytes used. And I'm like just annoyed at Apple about it because they don't have particularly good management tools for this. Right. And I'm paying them. And so first of all, my of my 19.6 or whatever gigabytes used, about 50% of that is my iCloud photos Mm. and what i want is some way of like storing them not on my phone that drives me nuts i want to be able to delete them from my device and but have them in icloud photos yeah exactly so i want better management for that and apple somewhat recently added a cool feature where you can go if you go into settings icloud and then i think it's manage storage it shows you which of your um which of your apps are using iCloud right? and what storage level they're using. Well, the weirdest thing is my phone is using 6.4 gigabytes of storage. And when I go look, the, I can't see anything over like, I turned off pretty much everything over like 10 megabytes. Have you tried um, just doing the reset where you reset all your settings without losing your data, which is a pain in the ass. No, but will that help? It can, 
because it sort of like clears out your whole phone because it resets all your settings back to the factory settings without losing your data. Mm. But any sort of data that your phone itself is using up in little hidden places. Maybe I'll try that. I feel like, I, I don't know. I'm just annoyed at Apple because I feel like, A, I'm paying and I should be getting more for what I'm paying and I should be getting more management features for the ability to like really manage this. Also, the la last complaint in this is that I have an iPhone and an iPad, which is partly why I'm using up so much storage. Right. And my iPad is six gigabytes, or my iPad is using four gigabytes and my iPhone's using six. Most of those apps are the same. And I feel like they're backing them up twice. And That's possible. I feel like possible. they should have a way of like knowing what's going on and not backing them up twice. I'm in agreement. I think Apple's doing a terrible job managing their iCloud and iTunes and all those different services. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far because really, like, it's an amazing feature. Like, if my phone, you know, knock on wood, gets lost or stolen today, tomorrow I can buy a new phone, turn it on, and it'll look exactly the same with all of my text messages, all of my photos, everything's in there. I do love there. that. My contacts. Remember when you used I to lose all your contacts? Though. I know, I know, but I actually really love iCloud. Or you really had to do the iCloud. complicated, like, transfer of contacts from one device to the yeah, other. Yeah, and you used to have to, like, plug it into your phone and back it up and remember to do that once a month. So I really love iCloud. They did a really good job with iCloud, but they need to just do a little bit better job letting me manage it or just give me way more storage option. Like... 20 gigs just isn't a lot. Really, Give you, me more. You only have 20? I thought I had 50. Maybe. I don't know. I have 20, but I'm paying, like, money. <laughs> Are you doing the, like, $1 a month thing? I don't know. I think I'm on a legacy option, actually. But I wonder uh, if I should switch. Maybe, because I'm pretty Let sure they bumped. Let me look into bumped. this. Yeah, see, I have... You have 50? I have 50. And how much are you paying? I'm paying a dollar a month. Oh, so, okay. I think I'm on a... Oh, so there's the complaint. Apple's charging me more for me and giving me less. They just like auto. Originally, I was getting like I think an extra like twenty, and then they just like said, "Hey, you can pay the same amount and get 50. And I said, "Sign me up." Okay, I'm looking into this. The thing that bugs me actually is I don't use even close to the fifty, and none of my kids do either. But we can't like share that iCloud storage, mm. so I'm paying three dollars a month yeah. for us to use collectively less than fifty mm. gigabytes. That is annoying. They should have a family option. They really should. There you go. Okay. Um, apps and gear of the week, and then we'll get into our top story. So what app or gear have you tried out this week? I tried out 99Check, which is a tracking app for your kids. 99 mm -hmm. apparently is slang for, like, the parents aren't here. Really? And is that a real thing? I guess so. Okay. I'm, kids I'm these a, days, a, a fogey, right? apparently. <laughs> I'm officially an old fogey because I'm like, huh? Yeah. But I guess the idea is is you're supposed to be able to track your kids without making them feel stalked. Mm -hmm. And the way it works is your kids check in with you by sending you a selfie, <laughs> which seems actually way more intrusive than just discreetly checking their location with Find My Friends. Yeah. Um, and another way that I'm guessing is really for the parents' privacy is you can make it so your kids can't see the map, which means you cannot share their location with them. Which kind of, if you have Find My Friends set up, generally it goes both ways. So my kids mm. can see where I am and mm. I can see where they are. That's a good feature. And uh, to, for the record, the reason why they use selfies 
when you take a picture, you have a geolocation. So they're you, right. they're tracking the geolocation. So somebody they just send you a selfie, and then you know where they're at based on that selfie. I mean, it's kind of cute. I, I I think my kids are cute, so I like seeing pictures of them. And it's kind of fun in a way. But I would imagine it's a little bit yeah. I if I were like out with my friends and I'm like, hold on, guys, I have to send my mom another selfie. That'd be annoying. Yeah, I th- I feel like it's actually a bit more stalkery because even though they're saying this is less like stalking because, you know, there's a visual element as well. Um, but my main problem with this app is that for a fee, a monthly fee, I think it's $3 a month. Oof, you can cheap. pay I to mean, get expensive. <laughs> you can pay to get notifications whenever your kids leave their last known location. But you know what? Find My Friends does that for free. Mm, um, yeah. So I'm definitely not sticking with this app. Okay. Okay, so this is this was an app you tried and didn't like. I feel like it does everything that Find My Friends does, but not as well, and for money mm-hmm. instead of for free. Mm-hmm. Find My Friends is a pretty it's a pretty cool app, but yeah. it definitely is stalkery. Like I I actually sent Sarah this press release because the the non stalkeriness of it appealed to me. But I mean, but it depends how you use it, really. I mean, I definitely am not comfortable with the stalking my kids aspect mm-hmm. of it. But it is handy, you know, if you're trying to find your kid <laughs> to just be able, or even more common, actually, like if your f- kid can't find their phone, you know, to use find my iPhone or, you know, if they haven't responded to your text just to see where they are. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not a really like controlling, stalking kind of mother anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously not the app for me. Yeah, there you go. Um, my app recommendation this week is an app called Dark Sky. Have I told you about Dark Sky? You have. I really like it. So it's a weather app, which I know everybody has a million weather apps, but this one works a little differently. So the way most weather apps work is you'll open it up and you'll see kind of what the probability of rain is that day. And you can see kind of hour by hour the probability, but they pretty much make that forecast you know, in the beginning of the day. And right. so if I'm going out, let's say I want to go go for a run or go disc golfing or something, I, wa- I don't want to know, is there a 50% chance of rain? I want to know, is it going to rain or not right now? Yeah. And so that's what this app does. Its sole purpose is to tell you if it's going to rain. That's so important, having been caught out on the trails yeah. and like sudden thunderstorms. Exactly. So... What they, I, th- I think what they do, I actually was trying to read up on it before this podcast and I didn't get that far. But first of all, they use like micro locations so rather than being like, oh, you're in Washington, D.C. There's a 50% chance, right? Like they track you very closely. Um, and I think they're using a different technology to see like, is it raining 10 miles away from you? Therefore, mm. and is that rain coming your direction? Therefore, it's going to rain. Um, so the end result is you get an app. And number one, you can open that app and it'll tell you uh, the probability of rain for the next hour. And But it's, you know, hour by hour and it seems much more accurate. Number two, and the part I really like, it'll send you notifications. So like some, because I'm not always checking hour by hour if it's going to rain, but sometimes I'll be like out or at work or something and I'll get a push notification that says it's going to rain in 10 minutes. And then I can go close my windows or do whatever I need to do. Right. Uh, it's not 100% accurate. 
like sometimes it'll I'll get a push notification telling me it's going to start raining in 10 minutes and it's just pouring outside. <laughs> um, other times it'll tell me it's going to rain and it doesn't. So it's not perfect, but I've definitely been saved by this app where I've been out and it says it's going to rain and I'm like somewhere where I'm not going to get shelter easily and I like that advanced warning gives me lets me do it. Right. Yeah, I I really like that idea. Um my weather app that I use a lot sometimes tells me it's raining when it's very clearly not mm-hmm. raining and not going to rain. Mm-hmm. So a little more accuracy would be very And welcome. it's a very nice UI. Uh, it is 99 cents, I think. Let me double check no, that. No, it's more than that unless they lowered the price. Really? Let's see. I, I thought it was 99 cents. Uh, oh, and they have an Apple Watch app too. Um, oh, I don't know if it tells me because I actually have purchased it already. Interesting. All right. I'm going to look this up yeah. in the App Store and I will tell everyone how much the... App costs. I don't Dark see it. Dark Sky costs three ninety nine. Oh, that is that's a little bit expensive. Um, I like it. I think you know, all it takes is one time being stuck in the rain to make it worth that three ninety nine. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't buy it. I got stuck in the rain, and you told me about the app, and I said that sounds great. And then it was like, three ninety nine. Like, yeah, fair enough. All right, battery saving tips. So. The problem with iPhones is that Apple is always struggling between making the phone thin and giving it good battery life. And so as phones have evolved, battery life hasn't really gotten that much better because the phones have gotten thinner. And so battery life stays... And there's just more features. Yeah, there's more features that use battery. And so battery life ends up staying about the same, which is, you know, mostly getting you through the day, sometimes not. Um, I find when I travel, like when I'm at work, I get through the day fine. I probably end the day usually about 20% battery life. Uh, but when I'm traveling, I always run out of battery. How about you? Like what's your typical, like at the end of the day, what's your battery life? Um, maybe like 20%. Yeah. But when I'm traveling, I always bring backup. Me too. Me too. And so we're going to get into, we have a bunch of things to talk about. We're going to talk about apps that use your battery. We're going to talk about way settings that use your battery and some tips of how you can change both those things, as well as some uh, apps and gear that you can use to mitigate this problem. Right. So let's start with uh, talking about some apps. So certain apps use battery more than others. And recently... Facebook is the yes, worst. Thank you. So recently we... we post an article talking about which apps use the battery the most um and so let's go through that list number one like you said facebook it uses so much of your battery it's ridiculous i i'm so annoyed at facebook because they really like when i actually this will be a fun exercise let's both pull up our phones right now and see what apps are using the battery the most Whenever I do this... I'm going to use the this, special 3D touch tip that takes me straight oh, to battery. Oh, man. I didn't even think to do that. I'm just more awesome than you, David. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> okay. So my number one, and it's always number one by a lot, is Facebook. Uh, 32%. What about you? Uh, my number one is actually Safari mm. for 40%, uh, but Facebook is at 30 Hmm. How many hours did you spend on Facebook in the last seven days? Oh, this is so bad. I'm really embarrassed seven, by my number. I don't even want to say. Uh, it, 
9.1 hours. Yes, I win. 8.2. I thought I was going to be so bad but on that. <laughs> there were 2.2 hours in the background. Like, yeah. What the heck was Facebook doing Thank in the background? You. And I have 2.8 hours in the background. Because I don't have Facebook set to automatically refresh. I don't have get Facebook notices. I hate their stupid notifications. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. what the heck Facebook is doing when I'm not using it. Okay, but so it this stop is... Stop it. We're, I'm going a lot of order here, but I'm going to give you guys tip number one, and this is like the most one of the most important for battery saving turn off your app refresh so that's a setting that apple has so basically it allows apps to update in the background uh while you're not using your phone or using it for other things so that when you open it up it's already updated so say when you open up facebook you have new posts waiting for you and you don't have to wait a second or two for it to load which is kind of a nice little convenience, but it drains your battery a lot, especially right. for Facebook. So if you go to settings and then you go to general, you can go down to, it's called background app refresh, and it shows you all of the apps and you can go one by one and turn them off or you can do what I just did. And I did this in preparation for the podcast. So this was actually the thing I learned this week is you can just turn it off for all of them. Right, which you should do, but you should also, uh, for Facebook especially, turn off the location tracking. Mm, yes, so point number two, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but the, th the other thing that drains your battery a lot, a lot, and part of the reason why I always have my battery drained when I'm traveling is using location tracking drains your battery. So if you go to uh, settings and then you go to privacy, and then you go to location services, you can see which apps are using your location services and you can control which ones. Now, first of all, in the top right corner of your phone, you'll see a little, what would we call that thing? It's basically, it's just a little arrow. It's a little arrow thingy. <laughs> uh, when you'll see that if it's being used. So if your GPS is being used, you'll see an arrow. If it's not, you won't. Now, when you scroll through your apps, what you'll see is you'll see next to apps that have recently used your GPS, you'll see a grayed out arrow. Apps that are currently using it, you'll see a purple arrow. And so you can see really quickly at a glance which apps are using it. And what I find is sometimes apps are using the arrow that I, they don't need to know where I am. And like, I haven't been using them recently. And so you can go app by app and control it. And there's, there's different levels of settings. So if you open up each one, there's basically three settings. There's while using the app, never, and always. And they're going to have either always or while using the app. Mm -hmm. If they're... They usually don't have all three, although I think some of them may. No, here, like if I open up Facebook, I have a never, while using app, and always. Right. Some of them do, but most of them don't. Okay. Okay. So the ones to pay particular attention to were the ones that are on always. Because what always means is that it, w it is tracking your location 24-7. Uh, and some there's a few apps that I let do that, say Nest, because I want Nest to know when I'm driving home so it can turn on the heat or the AC for me. <laughs> um, but most, I really don't need them to know. I don't need Facebook to know where I am when I'm not using Facebook. Uh, so seriously, who would want that? Yeah. So this is not only a battery saving tip, but also just a, a, a real security tip. Um, 
So that's tip number two, is to go really pay close attention to what's using your tracking and when. Um, see, like right now, the weather, my weather app is always tracking me. I don't need that. That's draining but my battery. Is, otherwise, it's never. No, no. In, in mine, well, the weather app, which is the, like, not, not the Apple built in, oh, but okay. the weather app, uh, they, they gave me the option for both. Um, so that's point number two. Getting back to apps, though, that drain your battery, we got a little bit ahead of ourselves there. I was surprised to see Chrome on that list and not Safari. I, that's, I mean, maybe just because Apple has designed Safari specifically not to use all your mm -hmm. battery, although apparently that's what I use all my battery mm. on. Are you? So you're a Safari person, not a Chrome person, huh? Right. I'm a Chrome person. I have to say. I am a Chrome person on a PC, but not on my phone. See, Safari, I think, is better on the phone because Apple has given it a lot more power than other browsers have. Um, but because I use Chrome on my other browser, on my other um, devices, I like having all my password syncing and all that stuff, my bookmarks and everything like that. Right. Uh, number two for me, by the way, in terms of what app was using. But my you know, if you use Safari, but you use um, Google as your homepage, you get a lot of that anyway. Yeah, I don't get all my passwords and like my browsing history because it's like I don't want Google to know my passwords. Oh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Although at this point, I feel like there's nothing that Google and Apple don't know about me, and probably Facebook too. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I've I've given up my right to privacy. It's that's life. I, I, I prefer conveniences in my life. <laughs> um, so number two for me is Spotify. And it's always, those two are always the ones that use the most. But it's sometimes it's just because you use those the most. Yeah. See, Spotify doesn't, although, wow. So Spotify I've used for three hours and 11.8 hours of background activity. What are they doing? Why I, are they doing I, it? Well, because Spotify can play in the background, right? Is mm, that what's going on? Maybe, maybe. You're probably right, because I've definitely played Spotify more than three hours. So yeah, Spotify I don't mind as much because I use it so much. But Facebook, it's doing a lot. It's draining a lot of battery even when I'm not using it. The main thing that this can really tell you, actually, is it can help you spot this place where you can look in the battery settings and see what percentage of battery and how many hours different things are using. It can help you spot sort of outliers like apps that shouldn't be using that much yeah. battery or for instance um i was talking to someone at a sporting event for one of my kids the other day and she ran out of battery just when she needed to uh make a video and of course i had a battery pack so i mm -hmm. went to do her but i had her look at her settings and her home and lock screen had used 50 percent of her battery in the last 24 hours wow did, yeah. you, did you figure out why well, I had her check her auto lock settings, um, but also if you get a lot of notifications, like if you're not managing your notifications well, mm. that can definitely be a problem. Okay, so we just got into two very important tips here that are on our list. Number one, check your notification settings. Uh, I, I don't actually think that that one drains that much battery. I'm a little skeptical of that. But if it turns that. your screen on all the time, especially if you haven't adjusted your screen brightness, mm -hmm. but I think that can also just be um, indicative of... Basically, there's some kind of process running all the time in your home and lock screen that shouldn't be, and 
turning your phone on and off yeah, really helps. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Turn your phone on and off, people. Um, one thing that I didn't know and I was doing right, actually, accidentally, is leaving your phone face down. So if you're not watching your phone, if you're not actually looking for notifications on it, if you leave, leave it face down, those notifications won't pop up and therefore won't use battery. That's great. Uh, I also just always do it because I feel like it's a little more polite. It is. It kind of says, I'm not looking at my phone. Yeah. I'm pay it's like a deliberate action that says, I'm paying attention to the people I'm with, not my phone. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm looking at my Apple Watch. No. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Sarah, during the editorial <laughs> meeting yesterday. Sarah, during the meeting, goes, oh, what, what were you doing? <laughs> well, I was trying to, my daughter was homesick from school the other day, and she asked me to approve an app because we have family sharing, and usually I can just tap approve oh, and yeah. then do... Touch ID, but for some reason it asked for my password. Basically, in the middle of the meeting, we look over and Sarah's on her phone. And she goes, "Oh, sorry guys, I was just approving an app for my daughter." As if that was like a legitimate reason in the <laughs> meeting to be on okay. your phone. <laughs> so we're all obviously iPhone addicts here. Um, okay, what are some other really important settings that you can use? First of all, last thing, last point in terms of apps that suck battery. Anything that's streaming. That's why Spotify uses so much battery. Right. But Pandora, Netflix, anytime you're streaming a long piece of content or downloading a lot yeah, of content. Or anything that has your screen on all the time, mm -hmm. um, like Kindle, it's not going to, your auto lock settings aren't going to work with Kindle if, because you're not touching your screen constantly. Mm -hmm. And so it can't just turn off after 30 seconds because that would be really annoying while you're reading. Mm -hmm. So you're screens on all the time so point being obviously if you're using it to stream something you probably want to be streaming that thing but just be careful with that if you really need your battery so say let's say you're traveling and you have like 10 percent battery life probably not a good time to watch a show on netflix plus hopefully you would be doing that in wi-fi not over data yeah while you're traveling yes also beware of data for streaming apps good point okay what are some other just battery sucking things that happen on your phone uh settings you can avoid or different things that you should just watch out for well first of all um the first thing on the list is low power mode low mm -hmm. power mode basically uh when you turn on low power mode on your phone it basically turns off all of these other settings we're going to talk about all at once mm -hmm. and so that can be a really handy quick way to manage that i know connor our feature writer does that just as a you know, default setting on mm. her phone. But I think most people probably, the thing that you sacrifice when you have low power mode on is the convenience of these other settings. So and what, so yeah. You what may want to pick and choose which settings to turn off and which ones to leave on. What, what settings is it changing that you may like? What is the convenience that you're it sacrificing? It turns off Hey Siri. It turns uh -huh. off night shift mode. Mm. Um, does yeah. it, I, I feel like it probably lowers your screen brightness. Yes, it does. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, and that's something I, when I, like I said, when I'm at home, I rarely have battery problems, but whenever I'm traveling, I just leave low power mode on the whole time right. for that reason is that it just, is it, and I find it makes quite a bit of difference. Too. Yeah, it really does. Um, um, and there's, there are just a lot of sort of background things you don't even realize your phone is doing that it stops doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And most people, how they use low, low power mode is at 20%, you get a little pop-up that says, oh, you're 20% battery life. Do you want to use it? And that's the time most people turn it on. And that's what I do when I'm at home. But go check for it. And like Sarah said, there's now a 3D touch shortcut for all your battery management stuff. So if you... 3D touch the settings icon. You have to have a an S series icon, yes, a success thank you. or uh, thank you. success plus. Exactly. Um, then you can 
get to that very quickly. Yeah, it's great because they really should have it in the control center, but since they don't, it's nice that there's that shortcut. Okay, 1.2 in terms of uh, myths, something that everybody thinks saves battery but actually doesn't, closing out your apps. Right, so, so when you double press the home button exactly. and then flick those apps up. Exactly. Every, it, it's a common misconception, the reason being on your computer, if you have a lot of different apps open and running, each one is going to drain a little bit, is going to use a little bit of RAM, because which drains your battery. Because actually are running. Yes. On an iPhone, you're actually, even though we call it multitasking, you're actually only using one app at a time. And all the other ones are not using any power and so are not draining your battery. So don't worry about that. Uh, that's something that a lot of people go and do. I mean, every once in a while, just for fun, you can go clear them out if you have too many. But or if you find your apps aren't really working. Yeah, that's that's another just troubleshooting tip is to, uh, if you're having trouble with an app, you can double tap the home button and then swipe up to close that app. But battery, not so much. Doesn't help. Nope. All right, what else do we have? For myths? Or uh, for anything. Well, um... Another myth is that the iPad charger, if you use it to charge your iPhone, will damage your iPhone's battery. And apparently that's false because mm. um, the iPhone is actually designed to charge for with safely with a number of different currents because, you know, if you plug it into your computer mm -hmm. or if you plug it into the wall, you're, it's charging slower or faster. So that's fine. Um, but what you do want to avoid for damaging your battery is a low quality charger. So if you're gonna get a non-Apple charger, uh, and Apple's charging cables kinda suck, so that's, yeah. <laughs> if you wanna get a new one or you have to because it's died, um, make sure you get one that's made for iPhone. Okay, made for iPhone, that's a very good tip. Uh, and yeah, and particularly beware, you know, in general, if you're using kind of a name brand one, uh, you're probably okay, but beware the kind of Amazon cheap Chinese knockoff You get what you cords, pay for, basically. And you really, can really mess up your phone, and you're saving five bucks on the cable, and it's not worth it. Now, invest in a really good high-quality cable that can outlast your phone, so when you upgrade, you just keep using that cable, and mm -hmm. then it's really worth spending the mm -hmm. money. And they're still not that expensive. A few that I recommend, as long as we're going down this road. Number one, Fuse Chicken. Uh, they're a fun one. They have metal chargers. Some of them, they're actually like a kind of a stiffer metal. So you can like shape it into a thing and you can use that as like a stand as well. Yeah. Uh, I like that. but they also have a flexible metal one. So that's a, that's a solid brand. Another brand, uh, Skosh has a rugged cable that right. seems pretty solid. So those are two good cables to check out. Um, let's see what else. Well, let's just finish all the myths. So another myth is that having your uh, phone on vibrate actually drains your battery faster, and it's actually true. Okay, so this is this is a is this a myth or not? In the and the answer is yes, it does drain your battery. It is not a myth. Yeah, I guess it uses more battery than say just the sound. But to be honest, I don't care. I'm going to continue using vibrations. But if you have a lot of notifications. Uh, you might want to consider whether you want those notifications and whether they should be vibrating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and in particular, one thing you can do, if you have if you have the sound, you can turn off the vibration so you don't have both. Because you probably don't need both. But I'm against iPhones making sound. Yes, thank you. So really, take the hit on this one, people. Keep your phone on vibrate. It's not as big of a deal as a lot of these other ones. And... Everyone around you will thank you. Yeah, I think it's another piece of iPhone etiquette. Your phone should not be intruding into everyone else's ears. Yeah, if you're like at home 
put it on. You know, if your phone's like charging and you're in the other room, leave the sound on. But if it's in your pocket, if you're at work, if you're in a group with a lot of people, if you're in a crowded environment, put it on vibrate. Yep, I second that. So another myth is that if you turn off Hey Siri, um, you'll save some battery. That's not true? Apparently not, although low power mode does turn mm. off Hey Siri. Um, there, there, there's some outside third parties have done tests, and they have not seen any difference between having Hey Siri on and off. Now, maybe if you used Hey Siri a lot while it was on, that hmm. might make a difference. I totally thought that was draining my battery. So it's there you not. go. So okay. There you go. And another myth is that turning off Wi-Fi and cellular will save battery, but that's only the case if you're if you have sort of spotty, unreliable service, and then there's really a lot like of if I put my phone in airplane mode, it doesn't save battery. It definitely saves battery. It might, but it's the thing is, it really only makes a significant difference if you're in like a spotty service range, like if your Wi-Fi sucks or mm. if you're kind of on the edge of your service. Area okay. for your cellular. Because I definitely find if I put my phone in airplane mode, it'll pretty much stay the same battery level unless I use it. Whereas if I don't put it in airplane mode, that battery level just slowly drains no matter what. All right, maybe this is a contested myth. Okay, I'm, maybe I'm we're contesting not sure this, if it's yeah. true or false. So yeah, that's definitely. I mean, that's a tip that I'll I recommend. Apparently, this is a controversial one. I didn't realize. If you're <laughs> really needing your phone, like this will happen to me sometimes, where I'll be traveling, I'll be out somewhere. And I know that oh, I'm going to see that might need... be the key word is traveling. Well, but even then... if I'm not using geolocation or anything, oh, but maybe a spotty reception is what you're saying. Yeah, uh, maybe. But here, here's my point: if I'm traveling, I go out somewhere. I know I'm going to need my phone to like get home or in an emergency, and it's draining quickly. I just put it in airplane mode and take the hit in terms of people not being able to call me for the next hour or two, so I know I can get home safely. So yeah. definitely, I find that works for me personally. It's putting in airplane mode. It, it sucks because then you can't get phone calls, obviously. Um, but it's it's worth it if you really need your phone for an emergency. Okay, so let's go to some more battery-saving tips. Mm -hmm. we, we touched on this one. Screen brightness is an important one. Right. Like, in general, if you have your phone in your pocket and you're not using it for much, your, your battery is going to drain very slowly. Um, all these other things we're talking about... If you're not using geolocation and your phone's in your pocket, it's going to drain slowly. It's going to drain very quickly if you have your phone on. Your screen is your one of your biggest draining qualities of your right. phone. So just turn open up Control Center, which is um, you just flick up from the bottom of your home screen. And then there's a little slider and mm -hmm. you can adjust your brightness down. And I highly recommend that. Well, and also Apple has a setting that auto adjusts brightness i recommend right. leaving that on in general so that you don't have it too bright in situations you don't need it to be bright but when you're trying to save your battery turning it off and turning it really low because otherwise apple's going to adjust to you know be able to see your phone comfortably right i don't i don't use the auto brightness really? feature but okay. that's another thing the, uh, every single one of these battery saving tips is going to be a compromise and mm -hmm. so you have to decide what features you're willing to compromise on and what things are worth the battery exactly, expenditure. Exactly. So here's one that I find very easy to do without, which is um, reducing motion. Yes. Now, does that... I, I'm skeptical that that really drains that much battery. Well, honestly, I, I just find it annoying. Okay. See, I left mine on. Somehow, I like the little... So what, what, what she's talking about here, it's called, what, Parallax? Paraflax? Parallax. Parallax. <laughs> um, and basically, it's a little 
fun little 3D effect that Apple uses where if you tilt your phone to the left, the apps slightly adjust, you tip your phone to the right, the the apps on your home screen slightly adjust. So it kind of makes you feel like uh, your apps are on a different level from the background. Uh, and also the, all these little animations where when you open an app, it appears to be popping up as opposed to sort just... like swoops out yeah, at you. Yeah, all those little things. Um, so I kind of like those animations. It makes me feel like... I, I like the u- user experience of it, but it does apparently drain your apps a little bit, drain your battery a little bit, so you can turn that off. How do you turn that off, sir? Um, you go to settings, mm-hmm. general, accessibility, and uh, just scroll down to reduce motion and toggle it on. There you go. And so another one, and this goes back to the screen again, using so much battery, is reducing your auto lock time oh yeah that's a good one so this is a security feature basically and a battery saving feature but i think of it more in terms of security you can set your phone to automatically turn itself off you know turn the screen off um whenever you haven't used it for a certain period of time and um, that's great because it locks your phone and then someone can't pick it up and use it so if you accidentally walk away from it you're safe but also it saves you a lot in terms of battery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also prevents that, like we were talking about earlier, that person that auto, that did an uh, auto, an audio uh, message from their butt. It prevents, you know, accidentally <laughs> it prevents those sorts of those things. sort of things from happening. Yes. So the way to t- uh, change your auto lock time is again go to settings, general, and uh, tap on auto lock, and then you'll have options from thirty seconds to five minutes, and then never. Which I would say. Unless you're like planning to, you should. You can temporarily use that setting. It's sometimes useful to do temporarily. I know Donna mentioned if, this as a tip once when she's cooking. She'll put it on. And never. that's what I was about yeah. to say. <laughs> like it's you know your hands are dirty. You don't want to be unlocking your phone constantly while you're checking the recipe. But I always turn it back to. Mm, yeah. Um, I have it set for one minute. I find yeah. thirty seconds too short. But the shorter it is, like for instance, if you have low power mode on, it will automatically change auto lock to thirty seconds, which I find annoying. Mm-hmm. There you go. I have one that's a pretty obvious one, but <laughs> my mom the other day, I uh, I was at the house and she picked up her phone and her flashlight was on and she hadn't noticed. What? And she'd accident <laughs> so she la- she hadn't noticed that it was on because she just always looks at it, you know, on the screen and doesn't turn it around. And it had been on for like a couple days and her oh poor phone was just draining so quickly and she couldn't figure out why. So that's one of the things that really uses a lot of battery is your flashlight. Right. So use it sparingly when you're low on battery and just I mean it's an obvious thing to debug, but check to make if you find your phone's draining really suspiciously quickly. Check to make sure that it's not on because that's a, that one drains <laughs> your battery real I, I quick. I have accidentally left my flashlight on a couple of times, but not for longer than a few minutes. Yeah, I've done it like for a while, one, a few times, and it really sucks. Because it's like sometimes I'll like use it for something in the evening, and then I'll just put my phone down, walk away, and forget to do it. And then I'll come back like 20, 30 minutes later because I have my Apple Watch and don't check my phone that often, and it'll have been on and drained a lot of battery, and I'll be annoyed. Yeah. Um, so what about, did we really go into detail about reducing notifications? This is no. a big one. Is it? I'm anti this one. I don't think really? it helps that much. I just think it helps make your life good. It does make your life better. So, okay. How, how do you do that? <laughs> okay. So in settings, um, you just go to notifications and you'll see a list of all of your different apps and, uh, you should just go through them each and 
if there's an app you don't need notifications from, for instance, the 99Check app I just talked about, I turn the notifications off for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go in and change. For instance, you might just want like the badge icon so you can just see looking that there's notifications. Other ones, like messages, you might want to get like an actual vibration. Mm-hmm. And so you can just go through each each app and then choose what kind of vibration or notification you want or no notifications and then i feel like if you get too many notifications they stop being useful yeah and if you get notifications for apps you're not using they drive you crazy and a lot of apps these days i've noticed they have setting they have like programmed the app so if you don't use it regularly they like do a notification say hey use me and it's like shut up i'm not using you i don't want to use you leave me alone (laughs) i think that would make me delete the app It, it annoys me um so yeah definitely i'm i don't think the notifications really are the problem with battery i don't think you have so many notifications that your battery is going to drain too quickly it's a pretty lower down on the list problem but in general having too many notifications is annoying so it's good to check and also you know you're all the apps that have your push notifications on You've given them access to that, but you probably did that a long time ago, right? When you opened the app, you didn't know what it was. So it's a good thing to go check periodically what can send you yeah, push notifications. anytime you put a new app on your phone, um, for instance, that Check 99 or mm-hmm. 99 Check app, I it it had all sorts of notifications turned on and background app refresh. And yeah, yeah. So it's always good to, to check those things. Yeah, totally. Okay, we're a little over time, but just real quick, let's give people a few battery uh, accessories that they can use. So do you have a favorite battery case? I do. I've been in love with this one for a while now. I got it when I had an iPhone 6, and I'm still using it with my 6S, and that's uh, the Boost case, which is... Ah. I love it because it's so... Like, there's... It's a two-part battery case, and you slide, and the... It's kind of just like a snap case, and I like those low-profile cases, Mm -hmm. and then it just clicks into the battery case... So you can have it with you all the time, but you only need to put it on when you need it. Mm. And and then it looks nice when the battery part's not on it. And so wait, Boost is the brand? Boost Case. Okay, Boost Case is the brand. Right, and they have, I have the plain black one, but they have kind of more blingy ones. They're pretty fun. Cool, cool. Uh, when I travel, I tend to bring two battery accessories with me. One is... It's this. It's a, the brand is Ventev. I've mentioned it a couple times in this podcast. And what it is is it has a plug built in that folds up, so mm-hmm. you can use it as your main charger for your phone. But it's also a battery pack. And then on the other side, it has a USB. So I tend to. I this is actually this is. I don't know if this is a myth or not, but here's what I find, and it's weird. I find that battery cases tend to be kind of bulky. And they go around the antenna and they actually, I find if I have my battery case on my phone and I'm not using the battery part of it, it tends to drain the battery. Right. Now I find that, I, I believe that because I have, um, I was using a fairly protective case the other week. I was just dropping my phone all the time and decided <laughs> maybe I should just acknowledge my clutchiness and put on this protective mm. case. And my battery was draining a lot yeah. faster. Yeah, so that's a, I, I don't know if, I haven't seen any science on this, but my experience is if I use a bulky case, it, it and it makes sense and makes it the signal a little bit weaker your phone has to work a little harder and it drains the battery so what i do rather than carrying around uh rather than putting my phone in a battery case most of the time i'll i'll get i'll just keep that ventev little charger in my pocket and i have a very short uh lightning cable that's like you know 
built specifically for this. It's like, I don't know, a few inches. Right. Um, and I'll just carry that in my pocket. So then my phone is just... Your pockets are bigger than mine. Yeah, fair enough. But this is what I use. Um, and that way I can leave my phone out of a bulky case. I find it's about the same amount of bulk as if I had the case, but my phone drains slower. Right. Well, I mean, that's why I like the Boost case is that I don't have to have the battery, the bulky battery part on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I tend to, when I travel, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I should be nice to my kids, I tend to travel with them, and then so then there's other people wanting to charge their uh, devices, too. Yeah. I tend to travel with um, a portable battery charger that can uh, charge several devices, mm, mm, that's a good so one. that there's some battery left for me. Do you have a me. brand recommendation? No. Okay. Just, just get a lot of power. In, in general, I will say, even though I'm recommending Ventev, you're fine for this going on Amazon and buying whichever one. I think they're pretty much a commodity at this point. I don't think you're getting major advantages from one or another. Do you disagree? I mean, I know we talked about those light. I guess don't buy a cheap Chinese knockoff of anything involving like power to your phone. But if you like get any brand. Read reviews. Yeah, it's read reviews. Smart. But I don't know that any brand is particularly stand out in this area. Um, I use, the other thing I take with me is a life-proof battery case. This is kind of, like Sarah is saying, when I want to accept my klutziness or I'm being someplace where there's, say, water that I don't want to drop my phone, right? I'll use this. And it, so it doubles as my bulky case for protection when I'm traveling and I need a little bit of extra protection and also being a battery case. And I find it's not that much thicker than a normal bulky case that protects my phone, yet I get that ba- extra protection of ha- having battery life in that. And, you know, there's actually, um, now they're making battery cases that also have extra storage in them. Mm, those uh, are cool. I know M- I, Mophie does that. Right. And I think we recently had a review on our site, and I can link to that. I can't. The name of it is escaping me right now. But I just thought that was, because you want them when you're traveling, and that's usually when you also need extra storage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. I, I will say, I know this this case got made fun of a lot when it came out. But the Apple battery case, it's probably the slimmest case that has a battery. And they made it slim with a battery because why it gets made fun of is it's a slim profile that has... like a hump. Yeah, they call it the Humpty Dumpty case. It has like a big like bulge in the back. It's like a humpback case where you have like the battery like sticking out. But it's, I don't think it looks that bad. It's a slim profile for battery case. I think it's 99 bucks. So that's another one to check out. Right. I mean, one advantage of having like the slimmer parts of that case is that it's easier to grasp, at least in the parts where it's slimmer. And maybe that's why they did it. Yeah. Um, all right. I think we're out of time here. Um, any last battery accessories and or tips to share with people? Yeah. Download your media instead of streaming it, and that will save you a lot of battery that's power. It. Yeah. Of course, then you're sacrificing storage. So you have storage versus Get battery. Get a 64-gigabyte phone. There you go. Problem solved. That's what I do. Okay. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. Uh, And if you have any questions from this show, any comments, feedback, send us... Battery-saving tips. Battery-saving tips that we forgot, send us an email at podcast at iphonelife.com. And go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, and we'll link to the article that we based this off of so you can read all of these. We'll link to the battery-draining app article as well. And we'll link to all of the gear and apps that we talked about during the show. So again, that's iphonelife.com slash podcast. Go to iphonelife.com slash insider to subscribe to insider. And iphonelife.com slash daily tip to subscribe to the tip of the day. And last but not least, iphonelife.com slash subscribe to subscribe to our magazine and get the physical copy or the digital subscription to the magazine. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks.